This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the Focused Leader One Day Intensive, a live event to help leaders move their business from reactive to radical growth. Find out more at FocusedLeader.com. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. In this episode, we're talking about your greatest fears and how to face them. It's going to be a little bit different than our usual format as we bring you one of the sessions recorded live from our recent Best Year Ever Live event. Today, we hear from my daughter and our COO, Megan Hyatt Miller. She's going to talk about one of her greatest fears and how she faced it. As we get started, let me plant this question in your mind. What would be possible for you if you were brave enough to overcome your fear? Here's Megan. There was no turning back. It all started at American Airlines at Chicago's O'Hare Airport on June 16th, 2018. I couldn't stop the tears because I had just pressed send on the most vulnerable text message of my entire life. I admitted a humiliating and debilitating fear to my friend, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I'm sitting at the airport in Chicago, headed home, and I have something that I need to talk to you about because I'm pretty sure that you're the expert. I need to speak publicly, but I have a secret. I'm scared out of my mind. It began in high school when I felt my voice shake in front of the class and I could feel the wash of anxiety come over me. I learned to dread it. It got worse when I watched one of my friends run out of a presentation during our senior year because she was so afraid. I met her in the bathroom as she sobbed, humiliated tears, and I never want that to happen to me. In my 20s, the fear grew as I avoided using my voice in front of a group at all costs. I couldn't even read Bible passages aloud with my small group of six to eight people. Every time I tried, I felt like I was being strangled, like I intentionally shut myself down at every professional opportunity that would have involved any kind of speaking to my own detriment. But over the last six to eight years, little by little, I've had to step up to the mic, literally and figuratively, first in videos and then on stage doing Q&As and panels with my dad and our team, but never alone. And of course, there's the podcast. Reading those essays at the beginning of each episode has been the hardest professional thing I've ever done. I'm past it now, but 35 episodes ago, it was my version of hell. It was everything I could do not to burst into tears and run out of our recordings. But the time has come. I need help to conquer this fear without falling flat on my face and making it even worse. Do you think we could talk sometime? I think you might have some ideas. Thanks for listening. I've never told anybody about this fear other than Joel. Honestly, it's a damn breaking kind of moment for me. I had avoided public speaking for years, decades actually, because I was terrified that if I stepped on stage, I would fall apart and be humiliated. And worse, I believe that something was deeply wrong with me. So I stayed quiet in meetings. 
I passed on promotions where speaking was a job requirement. I quit writing professionally when I realized that a published book would necessitate public speaking. And I declined to share in groups even when I knew that I was the expert. I strangled my voice to avoid the panic of speaking in front of others. But on June 16th, I decided that I was tired of living that way. I had no idea how I was going to face my fear, but I knew that I had to do it. Turns out that I wasn't alone in my fear of public speaking. (laughs) In fact, it's one of the most common fears that people have. You probably know this. Jerry Seinfeld once said, according to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two. (laughs) Does that sound right? That means that for the average person, they'd rather be, if they go to a funeral, they'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. (laughs) Well, that was me for sure. Now, maybe you're not afraid of public speaking and standing on stage like I'm doing now is totally comfortable for you. If that's true, God bless you. But maybe there's something else that's haunting you. Maybe your marriage is broken and you have no idea how to fix it. Maybe there's a business that you've dreamed of starting, but you can't seem to take action. Maybe there's an addiction that you've rationalized and it's controlling more and more of your life. Maybe you're single and you'd like to be married, but you think it's never going to happen. Whatever it is, you can conquer your most terrifying goal with five powerful actions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So action number one is to voice your fear. Voice your fear. In my own story, I told Michelle, sitting in that airport lounge with tears streaming down my face, that was my inciting incident, and boy, was it one. I sat there crying and realized that up until that very point that I had hidden my fear because the truth was I was so ashamed of how much fear I felt. After all, I'm a successful executive running a high-growth company all about leadership, and yet in this area, I couldn't lead myself. Also, in case you haven't noticed, Michael Hyatt is my dad. He's been speaking publicly since I was in diapers, and I'm sure people just assumed that I would be naturally good at it, like it's some kind of genetic transmission. (laughs) But deep down, I knew that I wasn't a speaker, and eventually I would be exposed as a phony. The longer I hid my fear, and the more success that I had, the bigger the shame and fear grew. Now, if you've followed our training on goal setting, you know that there are three emotions that we talk about when people step out of their discomfort zone toward an important goal. Those are fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. These are actually indicators that you're on the right track if you're pursuing something that really matters. Now, That doesn't mean that they're fun or comfortable, okay? 
And without a strategy, they can sideline you instead of propel you toward a goal. You know what it feels like? That need to hide, the desperation, the way that sometimes you just make yourself smaller, the endless procrastination, denial, and avoidance of something you really care about, and above all, the shame. It's natural to want to avoid these feelings, but here's the problem. Fear that isn't conquered conquers you. Fear that isn't conquered conquers you. That's why eventually I decided to tell my friend Michelle about this secret fear. Because voicing your fear minimizes its power. Voicing your fear minimizes its power. This is really, really important because as long as that monster stays locked in the closet, we assume that it's terrifying. But when we face it and we name it out loud, it's usually so much smaller than we thought. As Brene Brown says, owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up. So today, I want us to be brave together. This is going to be interactive. My team's going to pass out some cards right now. And... I don't want this to just be another inspirational talk for you. I want this to be something that's tangible, that's going to impact your life. So we're going to pass these cards out right now. And together, we're going to engage with the five powerful actions that we're talking about today. What fear have you avoided facing? And I want to challenge you, as I said yesterday during the Q&A, to play full out with me during this session. Be really honest. What is it for you? Now, maybe it's a fear of public speaking like it was for me. Apparently, a lot of us have that fear. <laughs> or maybe it's the fear of fixing a broken relationship. Or the fear of pursuing a promotion or launching a new business. Or maybe it's the fear of quitting a business or a job that you don't really want to be in. Maybe it's the fear of dating again. Maybe it's the fear of starting the adoption or fertility process for you. But whatever it is right now, I want you to answer this question in writing on your card. What fear have you avoided facing? Now, you may not be all the way done with that, and that's okay. You can just kind of think on it while I continue to talk. But this is really important. Now that you have some idea of what that fear is, the next action is to make a commitment. In my own story, I made a commitment to conquer my fear when after that conversation with my friend Michelle in the airport lounge later in about uh, the end of July, my team said, um, we were wondering if you would deliver a keynote at our Achieve conference to nearly a thousand people. Okay, I was terrified. I said yes, but I thought to myself, this is my word bubble, I might die, <laughs> but I can't not do it. 
So I said yes. As Tony Robbins says, if you can't, you must. And I knew that this was one of those moments that my life turned on. So I said yes. And I was sick and tired of letting fear decide because it had driven the bus for too long. There were so many no's for me that had been motivated by fear. So I needed to finally say yes so that the fear would lose its power. The speech was really just a mechanism for me. The real goal was to battle that fear even if it killed me. And it all started with my team asking me to give the keynote and me saying yes. So here's my question for you. What do you need to say yes to? Now, first, where does your mind automatically say no? This is a great clue. No, I can't write a book. No, I can't run a marathon. No, there's no way I can fix this marriage. No, I can't have a good relationship with my son. No, now's not the time to launch that product or business. This is a clue. Secondly, what would you do if you weren't afraid? If you were already brave, and if you knew that you couldn't fail, what win would you go after today? That's also a clue. Now, I want you to grab your card again. I told you this is going to be interactive. And I want you to answer this question. What scary goal will you commit to in 2019, and what's your deadline? What scary goal, just one for right now, what scary goal will you commit to in 2019, and what is your deadline? So maybe it's going away to a marriage retreat by June the 30th, or sending out invitations to your book launch party by November the 1st. But create a deadline for yourself. That's critical. You've got to have a point when you're committed to making this happen. I want you to write it down now. What scary goal will you commit to in 2019 and by when? All right, now that you've voiced your fear, you've made a commitment. The next action is to use outside resources. Back to my own story. Guys, I asked for help because I committed to something I had no idea how I was going to accomplish. <laughs> like literally no idea. Once I committed, I started looking for every kind of help I could think of. And what I found taught me a really important lesson. There are more resources available than you can possibly imagine. As part of my research, I contacted a therapist who specialized in anxiety for speaking and all kinds of other wild things. I talked to my doctor about anxiety medicine, which I have in my purse back in my green room just in case I need it. I didn't end up using it, but I was really glad that I had it. I had my content team help me write my speech because I'd never done that before. I had my sister Mary, who, Mary, raise your hand. Mary's in the back. My sister Mary, who's a coach, helped me with my mindset, confronting my limiting beliefs and replacing them with liberating truths. This was key. You guys talked about this yesterday. 
And I hired my friend and the very best speech coach I know, Michelle Kashat, who happened to be the one that I texted, to shepherd me through the entire process of developing my first keynote. Here is the good news. Someone, somewhere, has the solution to your specific problem. No matter how complicated it is or how unique you feel like it is, someone somewhere has the solution to your problem. This is one of the most empowering beliefs that you can ever adopt because you don't have to be the expert to succeed. You just need to look for somebody who's been where you want to go. And whatever resources you tap, don't let financial resources or a lack of time be a hindrance. My dad often says, and I believe that this is true, that resources only show up after you make the commitment. I want to call BS, by the way, on the idea that I can't afford outside resources. You might be thinking, if you're thinking about a marriage issue, for example, I can't afford to go to counseling. But let me ask you this. Can you afford to lose your marriage? What's that worth to you? Because fear is going to try to convince you that resources are in the way. But really, it's an excuse to avoid taking action. It's a limiting belief. And fear is still driving the bus. So I want you to grab your card again. And I want you to write down the answer to this question. What outside resources could you use to help achieve your goal? Now, there's a lot of options. For example, a friend who holds you accountable, a great book with expert advice, a coaching program for business owners, a business colleague with a fresh perspective, a couple with a great marriage who can give you advice, a hiking group or a running club, or maybe a therapist who specializes in the unique challenge that you're facing. But I want you to take a couple of moments right now, and I want you to answer this question, what outside resources could you use to help you achieve your goal? But now that you've identified some possible resources, we're ready to go on to action number four, which is own your mindset. As part of my process, I took ownership of my thoughts. In fact, I wrote affirmations down on a sheet of yellow paper, in fact, a couple of sheets, describing in vivid detail what I wanted to achieve. These are wrinkled because they have been well used. I described how I wanted to feel when I walked on stage, when I walked off of the stage, why it mattered to me to face this fear and win? What was really at stake? I read this every single day while I was drying my hair aloud in the mirror over and over again for weeks. I was reprogramming my brain. Now, it may sound silly, but I did this set to music from the Gladiator soundtrack <laughs> because this was a fight. I wanted it to feel epic. I needed to win, and I needed music that inspired me to win. Plus, speaking of inspiration, there was Russell Crowe in the background. <laughs> right, ladies? The battle, though, is won or lost in your head. 
As Henry Ford famously said, whether you believe you can do a thing or not, you're right. And fear has been building an identity for you for years. For example, I'm not good at relationships. I'm not good with money. I'm not good at business. I'm not a good writer. But it's time for you to build a new identity, and language is a powerful tool here. I told myself countless, countless times, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a speaker. But how in the world is a non-speaker ever going to stand on the stage and survive, much less deliver a message? The answer is she isn't. I had to change my identity to step into my destiny. I had to start saying, I am a speaker. I am a speaker. I am a speaker. And I was struck by the scene in the movie, The King's Speech. If you're not familiar with this movie, this is your homework. I put that on my Insta story last night. It's a movie about King George VI, who's played by Colin Firth. He needs to take the throne after his older brother has abdicated. This happens simultaneously with the advent of radio, where speaking publicly is essential. However, he has a debilitating stutter that causes him to be unable at times to even get words out. His wife hires a very unorthodox speech coach, played by Jeffrey Rush, who works to help him overcome his speech impediment and to speak confidently by dealing specifically at the level of identity and belief. Here's what's so interesting, though. The king thought that Rush was trivializing the throne, but really, he'd been trivializing himself. I've been doing the same thing, and you probably have too in some area of your life. But we don't have to continue to play small. The amazing thing about this story, by the way, is that the king never fully loses his stutter. By all accounts, it's something he dealt with to some degree all his life, but it didn't control him anymore. He was able to overcome that fear, and his identity became more than his limitations. It became his destiny. So I want you to grab your card again and your pen, and I want you to answer this question. This is so important. What new identity will you own? What new identity will you own? Now, maybe it's not, I am a speaker. Based on statistics, for some of you, it probably is. (laughs) But for those of you who it's not, it might be, I am an author. I am a successful business owner. I'm physically strong and getting stronger. I am good at relationships. I'm ready to love and I have something valuable to offer a future partner. Take a minute and write down your answer. Starting today, what new identity will you own? Now that you have identified a new identity to own, it's time for action number five, which is to take the next step and repeat until you've won.
In my own story, I took one small step after the other over and over again. I didn't just name my fear and then step on the stage the next day. Thank God. That would have been terrifying. (laughs) I got there one step at a time, little by little by little. Now, I got to tell you the truth, though. My progress was not all up and to the right. (laughs) There were setbacks. In fact, I had a full-on breakdown. When I say full-on, I mean full-on. Full-on breakdown the day before my last speech after sound check. I felt great during sound check, got my car to drive home, and I had a full-on panic attack, ugly crying. I was planning my escape from the country. (laughs) I was a complete mess. I called my sister Mary on the phone. She kind of talked me down from the ledge. Thank goodness. But I was afraid of disgracing my team, my family name, I mean, it was just, it was full blown. I didn't want to let everybody down. There was never a moment that came where I felt so confident and just thought, I've got this. And I think that's kind of the dirty little secret of success. But that's true for most people. I wish that I could tell you that it was easy along the way. But the goal is not ridding ourselves of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The key to success is learning to tolerate the discomfort and to keep moving, to just take the next step. As Anne Lamont says, it's good to do uncomfortable things. It's weight training for life. For most of us, The things that we want most are on the other side of discomfort. And the good news is that we conquer fear one step at a time, not in a single bound. As E.L. Dockerow said, writing a novel is like driving a car at night. You can see as far as the headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. And life is like that too. You just tackle one mildly scary step at a time and you keep repeating until you get there. Fortunately, courage is not a prerequisite. It comes after you've done the brave thing, not before. Courage is not a prerequisite. Bravery looks like taking action in spite of your fear, and courage is your reward for having done it. It's incredibly freeing to realize that you don't have to be free of fear before you can take action. Speaking at least for myself, there were so many times that I thought, man, once I get over this fear, then maybe I could speak. It's never going to happen, and it doesn't have to. This is the secret to achievement. If you wait for your fear to dissipate before you act, that day will never come. For me, though, doing it scared looked like taking baby steps of bravery, telling Michelle, saying yes to giving the keynote, putting together a terrible first draft of my speech with my writer, practicing in front of Michelle before the big day, They were all a little bit unsettling, you know, a little out of my comfort zone, but not terrifying. So, one last time, I want you to grab your card and your pen, and I want you to write down now 
When you leave here tomorrow, what is your next step and when will you take it? So that might be scheduling coffee with someone who can tell you about the process. It might be booking a retreat to outline your book. It might be planning a date for you and your spouse or ordering a book from Amazon to give you some clarity. It might be buying a pair of new walking shoes or scheduling a therapy session. Whatever it is, when you leave here, what is your next step and when will you take it? So next steps have a big unexpected perk and it's this. You practically trip over the finish line if you do enough of them. My last small step was when I stepped on stage at the Achieve Conference. Aaron, our MC, announced my name, and some of you guys were there, and you cheered. The lights hit my face, and everything was totally fine. <laughs> I didn't fall on my face. I didn't hyperventilate or run away humiliated, which was my big fear. I wasn't even nervous. On stage, it went by in a minute, and just like today, it was actually fun. That's right. Now, thank you. This may not have been what everybody else saw, but this is how I felt. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Russell Crowe. <laughs> Best of all, <laughs> I think I'm going to like wallpaper something in that, you know? I'll try how my husband will feel about that, but it's, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Best of all, though, I was able to make an impact on the people in the audience. People still approach me and thank me for my speech that day. They say that they felt seen and understood because I opened up about my challenges. They got some practical guidance to overcome their own struggle. And that's the thing about facing your fear. It matters, not just to you, but to the people that you love and maybe to the world. There are people right now waiting on the other side of your terrifying goal. People who need what you have to offer. People are counting on your contribution. There are people that you will never be able to help until you stop playing small. You can achieve your most terrifying goal and make that kind of an impact with the five powerful actions that we've talked about today. Action number one, voice your fear. Action number two, make a commitment. Action number three, use outside resources. Action number four, own your mindset. And action number five, take the next step. Now, look back at your card and at that goal that you jotted down. I want you to imagine 
what it would be like to actually achieve that goal, to reach the end of 2019 and celebrate that win. Guys, it's time to get after it. This fear has held you hostage for far too long, and it's time to conquer it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a powerful so session and an important question. And I want to bring you back to where we started. What would be possible for you if you were brave enough to overcome your fear? If Megan can do it, you can do it. Thanks for joining us on Lead to Win and be sure to come back next week when we're going to give you an inside scoop on one of my very favorite topics, my favorite tech tools. Until then, Lead to Win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the Focused Leader One Day Intensive, a live event to help leaders move their business from reactive to radical growth. Find out more at FocusedLeader.com.